Hey friends, this is We Ruined Everything. I'm Kayla. I'm David, episode 12 uh, of We Ruined Everything, brought to you by K&D Roadcrafts. Head to the website, we'll have links to stuff we talked about. So, we just got back from LubbockCon last yeah, week. It's our uh, big um, con that we have in our uh, hometown of Lubbock. Yeah. Lubbock, Texas. We didn't get coronavirus. No, we didn't. We also disinfected our hands and Every everything all the time. Every time somebody touched anything. You got you to gotta stay on top of it. Yeah, but it was good. It was nice to meet people. We met a lot of new people. Hopefully some of you new people are listening now. Yeah. It was nice to meet y'all. Yeah, and welcome to the show. Hopefully you started off later in the... I mean, they're all decent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just woke up from a nap just yeah. like two minutes ago, so this will be interesting. Yeah, so and we did love a was pretty awesome. Raised money. We did nice. for two different charities. We raised fifty dollars for Raisis, which is a not-for-profit immigration law firm that helps obviously people who are trying to immigrate to the U.S. And we also raised fifty dollars for the Trevor Trevor Project that helps uh, at-risk LGBT teens. So thank you to you all for buying the posters that helped raise the money for. And if you want to donate anything, we'll have links on the website if you want. Yeah, links. So we also have another thing that's coming up. So, I mean, it's like out of one thing and then preparing for another. That's true. We have, what is it, Spring Fest yeah. coming up on March 20th at Flippers. Yeah, which is like a cool little, uh, I guess, club-ish thing, though. Restaurant? Restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they usually do. It's like a block party almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. There'll be live music. Vendors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Live yeah. vendors. Um, Not the dead vendors. Street food. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, like food trucks. Yeah, food trucks. Street <laughs> food. That's what they call them, right? I don't know. I just imagine picking up like a, I don't know, apple peel off the street. I remember the first time we did something at Flippers, it was like freezing and below. It was really cold. Yeah, it was like right before, it, it was in October, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's like a Halloween one or something like that. And it was just so cold here in Lubbock. And I remember the only reason I was like warm is because I pulled my back, like my shoulder. So I had like a heat pack on it and that just kept me warm. <laughs> So everybody was like, oh, and I felt it a little bit, but I didn't feel it too much. So it was nice. It was. And then this last time we were there, Tech won a super big game. And I can't remember if it was basketball or Texas football. Tech. I yeah. think it was, yeah, I think it was football. And they set the lime scooters on fire downtown. Yeah. We got out of there that right before stuff got bad. <laughs> yeah, but people were loudly singing Old Town Road <laughs> as they drove by. Fun atmosphere yeah. to be there while people were watching the game on the TV. and Yeah, it, we lucked out. It ended at the same time we needed to come home. I didn't want to be caught in the lime scooter uh, massacre. <laughs> of 2019? Whenever it happened. I think so. It was a, it was a grave day for us all. Uh, but yeah, It was probably a bowl game, I think. Mate, if that was sure. earlier last year, I don't know. I the don't potato bowl? So right. You used to be able to like new stats and stuff like that, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I because I was around people that talked about football a lot. And that's the kind of thing you got to be around people that share the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of pick up whatever you're going to pick up. So now I just try to learn nerdy stuff and be like, hey, did you see this? Usually you already have, so. Yeah. We still, Speaking of which, we've uh, seen a lot of uh, new things. We have. Which is what our show is usually about is whatever we saw. We want to talk about Knives Out later on in the show. Yes. We want to get We're a little, a little behind depth. the curve on that one. Yeah, I, we might start a new thing. Turns out it's really good. Who yeah. knew? Nobody told us. Yeah. I'm kidding. And before we get into that, we, there's a couple of little things we watched that we want to just talk about because it's, I don't know. Season three of Castlevania. But we started that five episodes, I think, the first season. Sure. Second season, another like five, six episodes. Sure. This Sounds one doubled good. it up. Yeah. Uh, it's like two whole seasons in one. It's a little bit slower, which I guess is why they were able to do 10, because the other ones were just action scene after action scene almost. And but that's not expensive. slow in a bad way. I no. think well paced. I had story. It was like the first two seasons were set in the stage. You had mm-hmm. wars, you had armies. This one is setting characters up really, really well. And I wish it's really beautifully animated. I just wish it had a little bit more smoothness. The animation itself isn't as smooth as I would like. Yeah. As beautiful as it is. I mean, the opening three minutes of this season is just gorgeous. <laughs> and gorgeous watercolors, yeah. <laughs> Could uh, live in that for, you know. After we watched it, I saw somebody say it's like Thanos when he's on the planet. And he's just kind of being before they go and, you know, do what they do to him in uh, Infinity War. Or Endgame. Endgame, rather, yeah. Like, it's just nature. It's just showing you that it's Alucard who's, who's uh, living in solitude. Mm-hmm. In the first, yeah, it starts showing him what happens after the fallout from last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just really beautifully shot and framed. They introduced some new characters who I enjoyed. Yeah. Which I guess are characters from the game. Yeah. Saint Germain, which I I've only so like I played the first Castlevania. I think I played like three. Played Symphony of the Night and then a bunch of the Game Boy ones. And my favorite was Lord of the Sh- Lords of Shadows. I didn't realize there were that many Castlevania. There's games. a huge amount of Castlevania games. There's more that I haven't mentioned that are just all over the place. And I know I asked you this, but I don't remember your answer. Is the TV show just based on the games, or is there like a comic too? I think, I mean, I know there's manga in okay. Japan. I don't, I've never read or seen what the storylines in there are. But for as far as I know, these are using the game templates and just kind of telling their own stories within those. Okay. Uh, like it's not adhering to any one canon or whatever. It's its own. This season was really great. Um, the only thing is the only story that really grabbed me in such a way that I wanted to keep watching it was uh, Isaac, which is a forge master, mm-hmm. uh, a Muslim forge master. Uh, Born in Bondage was released by Dracula and became like indebted to Dracula. And his story was so interesting and so like well, he's he's one of those bad guys that I hope he changes. You talking about character development and them adding in more episodes so that there was more pacing so you could do that. I mean, I think really for his story especially was important. Uh, this season they find a really cool way of putting in the the legion boss character if you ever played any castlevania and it was great I should we sm- spoilers no are you kind of okay legion's awesome though when you see it you're gonna be like ah <laughs> but it's it's just a really well-made season i'd recommend going and watching it as soon as you can yeah it's, it's short it's 10 episodes but they're 30 minutes long i would say trigger warning in the second to last episode yeah i mean the tv show is pretty violent yeah to begin it's pretty with. messed up 
Um, um, there's a little bit of sexual violence at that point, though. Yeah. Where that, just in general, I never really like. It's hard to watch because that's also like the the climax of all the fight scenes. Yeah, like you, you're kind of forced so. to watch this through if you want to see what's happening. And mm-hmm. um, so I'd say, yeah, be careful for that. In general, I just really don't like sex scenes in animations. Always just odd and off-putting to me. <laughs> Uh, I feel the same way in video games too. Like I appreciate what they're all trying to do. It's just, it's no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's odd, but it's a good show. You don't like choosing who to hook up with in Mass Effect? Sure. I don't really need the scene at the end though. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, But yeah, Castlevania, I say watch Watch it. it. Yeah. It's not going to take that much time out of your day and you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Of course, don't watch it. If based on what we said about well, right, uh, yeah. yeah, we gave warnings. Might be able to just skip that, and then maybe it'll fill itself in. Anyway, we liked it. It was good. Yeah. Um. So I asked Kayla, "What our movie reviewing? Our rating system? Yeah. And because I forgot, I totally forgot. And we yeah, must watch or see in theaters, right? Yeah. Just see it as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. By any means necessary. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, matinee. Which uh-huh. is just fun to just go watch uh, cheap or, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you have your... Support it, but you can save some money. Yeah. Uh, stream at home, which is like rent it at home or stream it. Yeah. Uh, or skip it. Yeah. Skip and or put on in the background and don't pay attention to it. Get on your phone. Go about your business. Mm. I mean, to me, those are two different things. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> when we're talking Netflix, I think the put it on in the background is the uh, that's, stream it. That's Because that's you're already one. streaming yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. And I guess we get to the main bread and butter of this episode, I guess. Yeah. Something that you were really excited to talk about. And yeah. This, yeah, this little movie called Knives Out, a bunch of nobodies in the cast. Yeah. Never heard of any of these people. Directed by first time director <laughs> Ryan yes. Johnson. No, Ryan Johnson. So Ryan Johnson is uh, the guy who directed Looper back in the day, mm-hmm. which was with uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. And that was a really great. Like sci-fi movie, I loved it. It's go watch that, that was. Movie. I we need to watch it again though because I don't remember yeah. all the beats. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch story. it and talk about it. Yeah, because it's what? a really good movie. We could just have a Ryan Johnson day. Yeah, because there's another movie Brick that we never saw, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but uh, he directed Last Jedi. Wherever you stand on it, it was still it was a, it was a really really well directed movie. We like it over here. It we ruined everything. Yeah, we ruined everything. We we. But then you know. <laughs> yeah. The title of our podcast. We ruined everything. So, yeah, we like all the constructionism yeah. in movies. He directed this one, Knives Out, which I guess was a palate cleanser. I'm assuming for him. From what I little I read, like I don't know, but we got which Chris in it? Chris Evans. Evans. We have Christopher Plummer. We have Daniel Craig. We have Zod. What's his name? Michael Sheehan. <laughs> uh, Shannon, Michael Shannon. Shannon, there we go. <laughs> uh, Tony Collette. She's in everything now. And she is, and I love her, and I'll watch anything she's in. And Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith, yes. From a lot of movies that we like. Sorry to bother you. I love it. I think you should go watch it. I mean, he's excellent in it. Yeah. Ricky Lindholm, which is uh, one of the uh, people in Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the kid from the new It movies. Yeah, I'm trying to look his name. Jaden Martell. He plays a creepy kid really well. Yes. <gasps> Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie in Lee it. Cur- Don Johnson. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Don Johnson. No, he's not. What? No, I'm looking at the cast list. It says he's in it. I wonder who he plays. What? Is he a voice or something? I bet you he's that other detective and we just don't even. Catherine Langford. You said that already, right? Mm-mm. I know her name from someone. What does she do? 
Oh, the chick from uh, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that her? Yes. She's also, I think she played Iron Man's daughter in Endgame, but they cut her part. Oh, she was like the, she was like the older, yeah. okay. Or she's Ant-Man's and I just forgot who she plays And then who plays Marta? What, Marta, in, a... in the lead character, I guess you could say, yeah. is uh, played by Ana de Armas. <laughs> um, Cuban Spaniard. Which is an important thing in the movie. Like they really go after uh, class, uh, race relations, all that kind of stuff. It's a really fun movie with really not so fun subject matter. Sure. So if you haven't heard of this movie or haven't seen it yet, it is um, based on traditional whodunits. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Agatha Christie, Clue, that movie. If you've seen it, just trying to figure out what happened with the death of the patriarchy of this wealthy family. The um, patriarch? Yes, patriarchy. <laughs> Whoops. This is a Freudian slip. Um, and that's also in there, though, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, I guess if you... They twist it yeah. and kind of put the genre on its head. I'm mixing metaphors. Well, they uh, it, it we watched the thing... Because, you know, we after we watch something, we go and we just consume other content about things that we like. I haven't, I've tried to not do that as much on this particular movie, but, keep I have a bit. but we saw one yes. where he talked about how it was multiple genres smashed into one, two, at least two. Yeah, what uh, he called crime genre and then the uh, detective. detective. Yeah, so it starts off detective drama where you have the detective comes in, tries to find out what's going on. We'll have a link to this video too. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then halfway in the movie, it turns into a criminal movie, uh, kind of like Catch Me If You Can, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then it comes right back around. And it's it's really interesting the way they went about this. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it keeps me, it kept me on my seat. Edge of the, oh my gosh, I can't talk. Kept me on the edge of my seat <laughs> the whole time. You're just so excited about the movie. I still can't, I, I really am. I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I it was funny. The acting was wonderful, uh, except for Craig's accent. So Craig, I... Daniel Craig, <laughs> is like a character from another movie, just kind of just thrown into because it's fairly, uh, I guess, realism. It's going for some kind of realism. It's not okay. so out there, but it's it's going for like it's going for a movie that has some seriousness in it. I guess like the characters are characters; they're not. Uh, necessarily archetypes. I mean, it's not a superhero movie. But then you have like a 1950s southern detective coming in over there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of wish they did a, a, a scene in front of a judge. And like, yeah, Anna. Yeah, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the chicken. He does the chicken from Futurama. Fog, foghorn Leghorn? That too. Yeah, both of them. So the chicken uh, attorney from uh, Futurama is as close as I can get. You remember him? I uh, didn't watch enough Futurama. Uh, there's a, but that's what it reminded me of every time he came on the screen because his voice is just so genteel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it, it that's one part of the fun part of this movie takes itself seriously, but also has just sides that are just like, hey, this is this is just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has no. a lot of comedy in it, a lot of physical yes. humor. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> so I didn't know what to add on to that. Insert like you are correct, a, sir. A, mm, mm. <laughs> 
like they say on one of my favorite podcasts. I agree with you completely. 110%. But yeah, it was, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I, I liked Ryan Johnson's movies. I'm not too big on whodunits. Oh, see, I do because I like the mystery and I like trying to figure it out as I'm watching. So I like that in like things that aren't necessarily whodunits. I like when other things just have that in them. And I say this as, as high praise. I don't really like these kind of movies and I really love this movie. It really, yeah. it really gripped me. It really kept me interested. And I'm sure a big part of that for you is also the social commentary. Oh, sure, in yeah. And the kind of uh, classism that the movie discusses. Yeah. And I don't want to say too much without yeah. I mean, spoiling so it before we get before into we get too much spoiler into it, territory. Go, you're, I would rate it, go watch it. Go Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, buy it. Buy Not it in theaters anymore, 4K. so just go. Even yeah. if you don't have a 4K display, go buy it on 4K. You'll get all the digital, you'll get the DVD, you'll get the Blu-ray. Of course, everybody we're talking to has probably already seen it. We're way behind. We're way behind. <laughs> but if you haven't, you should watch it. And if you have, I mean, watch let, it us, again. let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Talk, to, talk with us about it in the comment section. Hit subscribe. Leave a like. All that stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I say go watch it as soon as possible if you haven't. And if you have watched it, yeah, watch it again. See what you missed. Um, and I guess at this point, we're going to get into spoilers. Okay. All right. Go for it. You were so excited to talk about it. What do you want to talk about? Oh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to start. <laughs> um, okay. So since we've given the spoiler warning, did you have it figured out? So that's one of the things. So usually I jump into a movie and I want to dissect it while I'm watching it and go through everything. And I, so the movie starts off as a murder mystery, right? Sure. And then it just shows you what happened. And then you realize, oh, this isn't a whodunit anymore. Right. And we know that Marta was accidentally involved in the death. Um, the guy from Sound of Music. Yeah. <laughs> plumber? Yes. Oh, hey, plumber. Once that happened, I kept trying to figure out there was something else. And I just gave up halfway. I'm just going to enjoy the ride, which I don't usually do. I always want to think about what I'm watching. That is rare for you. It is. And this one was just a fun ride. Well, I hope, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed turning your brain off for... A minute. Oh, no, it was still on. It was just engaged. <laughs> okay. it engaged? So like, not, how are you not gonna, in overdrive. Not in overdrive, but I was like, how are you going to pull this off? Yeah. And it was pulled off masterfully, I think. It's yeah. Really, it's a really tight movie. So once they started hinting at there might be something else afoot, I don't know why I'm speaking in an iambic pentameter. <laughs> oh, it's like those, because you? You, you watch all those podcasts about true crime. Yes. So the true crime, what I found out, was when I went to talk to the maid. Yeah, I just was trying to turn it into a poem. Did you start to think that maybe someone else was involved? Or you just right up until the end, it was just pure pleasant surprise? I mean, at some point in the movie, it does start telling you somebody else was involved. Uh, once, once that, and then, then you come back to the whodunit, and you're like, oh, okay. It starts off whodunit, shows you what happened, and you're like, oh, okay, it's an accident. But then it's like, who How is she going to get away for a little Craig. while? Yeah. Yeah. How is she going to get away? So who in, hired Craig? And I forgot about who hired Craig because of the way the movie, I just stopped yeah. caring until he brought it up again because it seemed like Ryan Johnson knew that some people were going to just forget. So then once that happens, the whodunit again. And <laughs> whodunit again. Whodunit again. <laughs> well, electric boogaloo. <laughs> So, yeah, I just, it was just a nice ride. Yeah, it was. I, at one point, guessed everybody. So, at one point, I was correct. <laughs> um, For a little bit, I thought it was the It Kid. Yeah, just because they did It's didn't, just so creepy in that movie. Well, uh, yeah. They even make a joke in the movie about him being a little serial killer. Do they? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought all the stuff they were saying about him being all right was bad enough. <laughs> So, did you ever figure it out before they said who, what happened? Um, I had my suspicions at some point. Yeah, well, yes. So, 
when the dogs barked at Chris Evans when he first comes to the house. Barely in this movie. I uh, I thought that was going to be something because I knew that the other cousin or granddaughter or whatever, the girl from 13, not 13 going on 30, 13 Reasons Why. Those are very different movies. <laughs> are they though? Well, one's a movie and the other's a TV show. So they're very different. Ah, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, this was the deep analysis that I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between a movie and a TV show. But anyway, I thought that was going to come into play, but I didn't know how. So like we were saying, the whole commentary is, you know, Marta is, um, this wasn't quite clear to me, but is she first generation? I think, yeah, she's... American and her mom is... Undocumented immigrant. Yes. And so the uh, old man knows this um, and uh, decides to take care of her yeah. to try to help her and her family and to teach his own kids a lesson to try to like, you know, push them as grown ass baby birds out of the nest uh, so they can, you know, find their own thing and support themselves. And um, this doesn't go over well with the family. They like being taken care of. Um, and so I... The movie, I think, was very pointed about that. How did you <laughs> feel about the commentary being made during it? Do you think they did a good job? Do you think they... For a movie that's not really about this, but also is, um, it did a really good job of, of weaving it into the story. It made sense. It made the mystery that much more because you start seeing true colors come in from people who seem good right. at the beginning. But it also, it's a commentary on how it's weird because I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Latinx person in this podcast. Uh, and you're, you're white. But no, it's, it's okay. I have lots of thoughts. So it shows how even the most well-meaning white person who wants to help mm -hmm. sometimes that gets muddied by mm -hmm. lack of understanding um, towards a person of color and what they're going through and what they need. Right. Even uh, Christopher Plummer, uh, which, spoilers, like we said. So he, Marta, poisons him accidentally. Yes. And, or at least that's what we're led to believe. And it's too late to call anybody if she did. So he takes it upon himself to say, like, I need you to leave. We're going to clean up this thing. I'll take care of it. I don't want them to find out about your mom or you know, your family or anything. So he commits suicide. Right. Thinking that he's about to die. Right. Uh, we find trying out, to cover up her yeah her her negligence that could you know and cost we find her. out later in the movie that because of things that happened he was never poisoned but because he thought he knew best and didn't want to trust his her judgment uh, he dies right so there are two to me white savior moments in this movie All right. and I want to preface this by saying I love the movie thought it was great thought it was really fun i like what it was trying to say all the acting was great i just thought this was a great movie i want to be sure that i am still watching things that i like critically and so there are like i said i think kind of two white savior moments which if it was handled intentionally by the creators then, and if this is what they were trying to point out, then that's great, I think. And if it was accidental, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it was created, it was written and directed by a white guy. So, you know, I think even when trying to do, you know, good things, like you're saying, white people can still 
um, accidentally not hit the mark. So, so what you're saying, yeah, with Christopher Plummer dying and him just taking over and no, we're not going to call an ambulance and I'm going to kill myself and here's what you got to do. And then he gives her all the money and all this. I think that's him trying to save her. Oh yeah. So that's him trying to come in and save her. I just said that. I couldn't think of another way to say it. He also does not listen to her. Yeah. Even though she's trained She's yep. a trained nurse, yeah. and he just doesn't want to listen to her. Yep. Thinks he knows best, because he always knows best. Uh, I guess that could be his shortcoming. He has a lot of problems with his family, and I think that's also saying, I mean, that's the cause of it. He's also very fallible. I think she also points out that, you know, yes, he loved her and wanted to take care of her, but there's that scene in the restaurant with her and, and Chris Evans, and she's like, is the money really about me, or is it just about you guys and his family and how much they screwed up. So in his wanting to take over and wanting to save her, he one kills himself when he didn't need to. Uh, so then that puts her in this extremely, I don't know what word I'm looking for, not contentious, but extremely Volatile. Um, sure situation where now she's trying to have to cover up what she thinks is an accidental murder. And then he, by giving her everything that he owns, In the will, yeah. draws attention to her family when that is the last thing that any of them wanted yeah. because they don't want a light shown on her mom's situation. But we get a kind of an end to what he might have been thinking from his uh, son. Uh, I, don't, I think he knew this might happen, but because he's always he's fixed things with his money, he thought Martha's going to fix it with their money because uh, yeah. uh, Shannon... Yes. Comes in and Walt, I think is the character. Yeah, he comes name. in and threatens her and says, like, pretty much like, if you give us the money, we can help you. We can use the money to you don't have to be like everybody else who goes through this because you'll have money. And that oh, that scene was so scary. Because up until that point, everybody's a little bit bumbling. Yeah. But he seemed like a nice bumbling guy. I don't know, man. But he, then he, he shows up and is so threatening and you know how they highlight his cane like hitting that floor and just his physical presence as he tries to intimidate her and it really really made me feel uneasy and so, i thought they did a great job yeah because scene. it's it's one of those things that as a guy you forget that when you're talking to a woman and you lose your cool in your head you might think you're being a fool or you're being embarrassing but to the other person, you're the woman scared about being physically. Yeah, you are harmed. a. You might as well be a, a loaded gun at that point, because you could go off and you could hurt them, and that's not something that goes through a lot of guys' heads. It didn't well, go because I don't think a lot of guys would do that. But as a woman, you don't always know. Yeah, so it it was a very nice way of of having that reality. Not nice. Yeah. It's just a really. Clever way of putting that in. You know, yeah. you're scary. Clever depiction of... Because I don't think he was... I think he was threatening her. Yes. He wasn't trying to be that scary. I don't think he... Yeah, I don't think he would have been Because he is bumbling anything. to his family. They do not yeah. look at him as a real threat in any other way. But in that scene, he was and he looked at and she seems small. Yeah. And her Just being... thinking about that scene makes my heart rate go Her up. being brown <laughs> and him being white and saying, I yeah. have power that mm -hmm. you don't have. Like, that even gives it more depth and more layers. And yeah, it was a really intense scene. Well, he threatens her mom. Oh yeah. Too, and I just yeah. Yeah, and then she has a friend uh, who's 
one of the daughters, uh, his granddaughter, I guess. Yeah, just say one of the daughter's daughters. That's the granddaughter. That's <laughs> the, that's what it is. Plumber's but, granddaughter. Yeah. yeah. Who's her friend, Marta's friend, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Really great to her up until she gets a little pushback from her family and they start getting on her and then she caves in and. I mean, you say a little pushback. The entire family was standing there. She was making that phone call, pressuring her. Saying, you know, they lost all their money and what are they all going to do? Yeah, so they threaten her with with not being able to go to college anymore, not being able to live the life she's living, and in a way scare her and bully her into turning on her friend. Yeah, but I think it was more than that because she's, so she's an older teenage girl probably, right? 19, maybe 20 at the oldest, but she's in college. So she's around 18, 19 that age. And they're not just saying you don't get to go to college. Because she was actually kind of okay with that and was like, well, I'll find a way and I could put whatever. But then her mom's like, I'm broke. You know, (laughs) you got to make sure that your mom is supported so that I have somewhere to live. Again, it's that kind of thing. We made mistakes, but we don't deserve to be put where other people are at. Right. Same thing with Walt. Right. So he was running the company, but now the company's not his anymore and he got fired. And so he's got a family to support as well. I think the young girl was... (sighs) I don't want to say victimized, but she had a lot more than just a, oh, you're not going to get your fancy car and your fancy college. She was really put in a bad predicament. And Marta understood that because immediately the next time she saw Marta, she started apologizing and crying. And So it's that contrast again. Marta, for the most part, stays true to what she's doing. Yes. Yes, that is true. Um, as opposed to everybody else who keeps making excuses and justifications for why they're doing this thing. Well, There's always a slippery slope of like, but it's my family, but it's this, but it's this. So, so okay. So along those lines then, unless you want to keep talking about Christopher Plummer no, and how cool. his good intentions, you know, did not always result in the best outcome well, yeah. for so Marta. So I guess that seems so cliche. I guess the thing would be when you're making decisions for other people, even though you think you're doing good, if you never talk with them about what Include they Include them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you never, if it's always what you think is best and not what might be best for everybody when right. you talk with them. Yeah, it, it it tends to not be great. Right. Yeah. He could have made he yeah, there's so many things that could have been he done. He could have talked to Marta way he before. Could've he could have talked to her. He could have let her call the friggin' ambulance and none of it would have been a problem. He should have told her about the will and everything and so she could have been like, um, once that makes the news, that's gonna be a problem, yeah. you know? They could have started Paying for her mom's attorney now yeah. instead of waiting. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. a whole lot of yeah. It's just yeah. So well intentioned, uh, but didn't didn't work out right. And so so do you think that was intentional to point out his white saviorism as not uh, quite being as ideal? I'm sure as he thought it was. I, I feel like that's on purpose. It, it, the movie's so tightly written in every other way that I don't know how that wasn't uh, part I of it. I would agree now after talking about it with you because when I was thinking about it myself, I I wasn't sure. I was like, did they, did yeah. they know? I mean, when the, when the people swarm Marta's house and her mom is scared, that was a that tipped me off to like, oh yeah, he didn't think about what he was doing. He yeah. thought he was doing a good thing, but ultimately it ended up doing the same thing that he was trying to prevent by offing himself. Right. So then... The second white savior to me is Daniel Craig because at the very end of the movie, he realizes Marta didn't make a mistake and she 
didn't almost negligently kill Christopher Plummer. And so he jumps in and he, you know, tells the family off, which is very satisfying. I enjoy that a lot when he's like, you guys never cared about her, you know? And then he kind of gives the big reveal about everything that happened and we find out. He does the uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, bit is what they say. Yes. Yeah. And he puts everything together right at the end and tells you what's what. I mean, yeah. I and mean, I wonder if that's a police- holdover procedural tv show too there was always that thing at the end or so, like in so i wonder if that's just a holdover because of the genre well he liked her because she was a good kind intelligent person or she put it, a good kind intelligent person <laughs> um right so instead of leaving fran i don't right? That was her name in the movie. Instead of leaving her there to die in that abandoned laundromat, she obviously risks her own welfare, risks her family's safety, kind of to, you know, save this woman, call an ambulance, call the police, whatever. When she's given her own free will, she actually does the right thing. Exactly. And the person saved. The same thing that happened to her happened to the old man or didn't happen to him, to Plummer. Right. And it ended up better because she got to do so, what she knew what needed to be done. Yeah. So Marta is young yeah. and beautiful and kind. So that was and chose a profession. <laughs> I always thought like if you're trying to show like that next person who's struggling, like you picked a really pretty Well, but that's my point, is that she's a model minority in this. Sure, yeah. She's very smart, very generous sacrifices you know again her own safety for the good of others she um just all of these things and that's why daniel craig likes her i wonder if that's and part that's of it. why he takes such care you know because once she confesses to the accidental overdose he's still very gentle with her very kind they joke about him being a bad detective and her being a bad murderer and so now that you're talking about it i'm like yeah i guess she is the model minority and which is so if she was she's not problematic older, she's not what if she yeah what if she did have a drug problem like what it doesn't make anything i wonder if that was part of it i don't know it's so hard. that that i'm wondering is that part intentional or not because if it was intentional that the creators, you know, again, create this kind of white savior for a model minority. Um, I don't, they didn't, I, I don't know that it was presented in a way. So if it was her sister instead of her that was in this situation, her sister who seems a little bit younger, maybe a little bit more, more focused cavalier, on herself, stuff, yeah. you know, watching the TV show about murder or whatever after Christopher Plummer just died or whatever. And, you know, her mom's like, turn the TV off. And she has an argument with her mom. Would Daniel Craig have still felt the need to... <laughs> protect her as much it could be an overstatement because i think the whole point with daniel craig was the other person thinking he was too smart was his own undoing uh which was because evan's character right because he's the one who hired him right and maybe just got a lot a little lost in the weeds there um it could it could still be on purpose and it's meant to have this conversation afterwards (laughs) you know but again i haven't looked anything up about this particular I don't know line a lot of thought of that I have. have picked up on it. I didn't until right now. And I'm like, oh man. And it's still, I want to say again, because it's so tightly written, that it's probably on purpose. 
Well, and we always and want our was. heroes to be the good people. I mean, and that's, she is definitely the hero of this. Yeah. It's the tropey thing in movies and stuff like that. Um, though I do love me some fallible heroes. Yeah, but these are kind of exaggerated archetypes a little bit. and They're written with, with as real people, but yeah, at the end of the day, they are archetypical, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just wanted to... And again... Uh, I still love the movie. I still want to watch it again because I want to look in the background for all these little hints of stuff because like towards the end of the movie, all of a sudden I realized there are skulls and skeletons everywhere in that house. And I get and he's again, a murder mystery back. writer, but like there was a lot. <laughs> and so I want to see all of the just the weird things that are on the walls in the background. And, yeah. and I, that goes back to me saying it seems like it was very tightly written and thought about. But yeah. I mean, no matter how tight stuff is, sometimes things fall through. Yeah. And you end up saying things you don't want to necessarily say, be good intentions and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, yeah. You got me thinking about that. So, I still recommend that movie highly. Oh, heck yeah. I still think it's really, really great. Uh, one of the better movies about classism and stuff like that, even with, with yeah. that, you know, things that might be problematic. You could watch it along with uh, Ready or Not. You could. Which I, we would recommend watch it with Ready or Not. Did we talk about Ready or Not? I feel like we might have. I think we did. No, we're waiting for that. Unless you cut it. Go see Ready or Not as well. One of the, the, the um, funner. Uh, we rented one? it. Oh, okay, we rented it. Yeah, we, it's only like, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be on a streaming service at some point for free or free. A streaming service you pay for, but it's added to the library. But yeah, I'd say go rent it if you want a fun horror movie. And if you want a fun whodunit who, that has a little bit more of a conscience about uh, social things. Uh, go watch Knives Out. Anything else you want to talk about before we bring it to a close? Um, cool things. Or... We tavern? also have a Facebook now for I mean, We Ruined Everything. Oh, yes. I was like, we've always had one, but no, you're talking we about ruined We Ruined Everything. everything. Uh, just look for We Ruined Everything. Uh, we'll have a link to that too. So, yeah. So like us there. Uh, or don't, whatever. It'll just hurt my feelings. Let's see, what episode is this? 12? Yeah, 12 episodes. You... Maybe at like... 20 episodes leading up to it we should ask listeners for questions we can do like an faq yeah go to our facebook uh ask us some questions there uh yeah that'd be we'll, fun uh, we'll collect the questions that'd be fun yeah please yeah. create some of our content for us yeah and i guess with that we will come to an end on, on episode 12 hey guys wash your hands oh yeah wash your wash don't wa touch your face wash your ass now you're thinking about don't touch your face stop it do it. Bye. Be a rebel. <laughs> Catch y'all later. Bye.